In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In case you missed it, Wednesday was International Women's Day. It's been celebrated in various fashions since 1909, but in 1977, the United Nations General Assembly adopted a resolution proclaiming a United Nations Day for women's rights and international peace to be observed in every member state. March 8th became the generally recognized date in honor of the women who helped lead the February Revolution for bread and peace in Russia in 1917. The theme of this year's International Women's Day was Embrace Equity. As an international day for women's rights, it is important to understand that we all start at different places. Some begin life with economic privilege or geographic privilege or the privilege of good health. True equity acknowledges that different means are required to create a level playing field for all, regardless of the privilege into which we are born. International Women's Day invites us to seek true equity for women by challenging gender stereotypes, calling out discrimination, drawing attention to bias, and seeking out inclusion. It is a gift then that our gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday after International Women's Day features an often misunderstood woman with absolutely zero privilege meeting Jesus by a well. Now the chronology of John's gospel is different than that of the other three. And in John, Jesus and his disciples begin their ministry in Jerusalem. Jesus tosses the temple at the beginning of John's gospel, not at the end, and things get awkward pretty quickly. They decide to head home back to Galilee to regroup and restart. Now there's a couple of paths they could have taken to get from Jerusalem to Galilee, and most uh, faithful Jewish folk would have taken the longer route. It's east of the Jordan River through the Decapolis and around in order to avoid the dreaded Samaritan homeland. Jesus and his 12 decided to take the shorter path. And after a few days of traveling at about 30 miles north of Jerusalem, they stopped for lunch in a town called Sikar or Shechem. Jesus was worn out from his days of traveling, and so he stopped at the well just outside of town while his friends went to buy some falafel for lunch. And while he waited, an unnamed woman came out to draw water for the day. Over the years, people have made all kinds of assumptions about this woman from Samaria, and I too have been guilty of perpetuating some of the biased narratives of the woman at the well because she came out at noon, well into the heat of the day, long after the other women would have come out to draw their water and caught up on the news from the community. The assumption quickly made is that she's some kind of notorious sinner. 
outcast from her community and forced to do her work at odd hours in order to avoid awkward interactions, knowing glances, and whispered rumors. These presumptions are exacerbated by her inter interaction with Jesus, wherein he says the quiet part out loud. She's been married five times, and the man with whom she is living is not her husband. Now, American cultural Christianity, regardless of denomination, is built on a solid puritanical foundation. We are about as sexually repressed a nation as there is in the West, and so the story of the woman at the well has caused pastors for generations, as well as their people, to clutch their pearls and gasp at this woman. How sinful she must be. Surely she's a prostitute, some allege. Others wonder if she's a serial adulterer. Definitely she's a woman of ill repute, and Jesus should have steered far clear of her. Reading this story from our own context is really unhelpful. Neither Jesus nor the gospel writer make any moral statement about her marital status. Moreover, as a woman, she had no legal ability to initiate divorce. She could have simply been widowed and remarried several times over. One commentary I read this week suggested that perhaps she was stuck in the revolving door of Leveret marriage, where her husband had died and she was forced to marry brother after brother, until one of them finally said, I'm not going to marry you, but you can live in my house and be safe. If Jesus doesn't mention her bad luck and love to shame her, then why does he mention it at all? Several possibilities are available to us. First is something that we miss because of our culture. Jesus met this woman at a well. And wells are, in Jewish scriptural tradition, a place where powerful couples meet each other. Moses met his wife there. Jacob met Rachel at a well. Rebecca met one of Isaac's servants at a well. Jesus meeting this woman at a well would have brought the original audience to mind that somehow two things were about to come together. And then there's those five husbands. Some scholars think that maybe they represent the five empires that had ruled Samaria since the exile. Others think maybe the five husbands represent the mixed heritage of the Samaritans. I can't help but wonder if it's a reference to the five books of the Torah, the only Hebrew scriptures to which the Samaritans still subscribed. No matter what, if anything, the husbands mean, this encounter between Jesus and the woman at the well point us to the joining of Jesus's ministry with people outside of Israel. And more than that, Jesus didn't meet a Roman centurion or an Ethiopian eunuch. This encounter at the well was with a woman from Samaria. She was an outsider's outsider, not because of her marital status, but as a single woman, Jesus had no business talking to her. 
He risked both of their honors by engaging her alone, and even worse, she was a Samaritan, the most hated. The people who had been at odds with the Jews for centuries. And yet this woman, this Samaritan, this person whom the culture says was not worthy, is the only person in John's gospel to whom Jesus shows his full identity. I know that the Messiah is coming, she says, in their theological back and forth, and Jesus replies, I am the one. Ego ami, the words that God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, the very name of God. And in that moment, the woman knew to whom she was speaking. The Messiah was standing right there in front of her. She dropped her water jar and ran back to town to tell anyone who would listen. In an instant, this woman went from outcast to apostle, sharing the good news to her entire city. Having met together at a well, this woman and Jesus bring together the Messiah and the world outside of Israel and nothing will ever be the same. Because the Gospels were written so long ago in a culture so very different than ours, it's easy to read them with a broad brush, to hear the stories through the lens of a lot of bad assumptions. However, stories like this one invite us to dig deep and to understand. The woman at the well deserves a better, more equitable treatment in the story of Jesus. When we put aside our biases and stereotypes, we hear the story of a woman of deep wisdom who had likely experienced a whole lot of pain. She is simply seeking the living water of eternal life. We hear of a woman who stood toe to toe with Jesus and in so doing, open the door of salvation for the least liked of Israel's foes. Because of her witness, John tells us, many came to believe that Jesus wasn't just the Messiah of Israel, but he was, in fact, the Savior of the world. And we are here, at least in part, because of this woman at the well the Apostle to Samaria. Thanks be to God for her story, for her tenacity, and for her witness to the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen.